This podcast is brought to you by Anchor.fm, an easy and free way to get your podcast journey started. Whether you've been recording for years or you're looking for a place to start, Anchor FM is the way to go to get your podcast on all platforms. Click the link in the bio to get started. Top of the morning, 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 top of the morning. Thank you for tuning in to Top of the Morning, where we talk about sports and a whole lot more. I am Cameron, your host. Today we have a special guest on, and he's a former all-commerce wide receiver from Northern High School in Durham, North Carolina. Current co-worker and fellow Philly faithful, Nick Warren. Nick, what's going on? Hey, what's up, buddy? How you doing? I appreciate you having me on here tonight. I'm ready to talk some Eagles football. Of course. Thank you for joining me. So first things first, before we get into the meat of the episode, we're going to do something I like to call a school game. And I've done it with two uh, previous guests before, and it's just something fun we like to do. So I got six schools listed here. I'm just going to name them off. You're going to tell me where in the U.S. they're from, and we're going to see what score you get based out of six the current winner or the current champion right now is a former guest i had on here named cj cox he's one out of six so it's a pretty high <laughs> bar it's a pretty high bar to beat but i think you know you might be able to get two we'll see so gotcha. you ready yes sir all right so first things first we got union college you tell me where that's from new york new york would it be correct New York would be correct. We're one out of one. Good job. All right, so now we're tied with the former champion, so let's see if you can get one more. We got five more schools to go. Second school, Wellesley College. Like Ohio? I don't know. Ohio? Close. Close, but no cigar. It's Massachusetts. I know it's not uh, close. <laughs> so, one for two. <clears throat> we're doing all right. We're fine. So bringing third, those schools out on me. Yeah, I mean, just like to see where the range of people's knowledge of schools are and i purposely don't pick common ones like alabama and lsu because obviously everybody knows who those are of course of course so one for two third school we got lehigh university cj mccollum went there right uh yeah uh, yes yes he did dang why can't i think about this i would give you a hint but i don't want to yeah don't <laughs> yeah, don't, bro. I would hold. I would hold it against you if you gave me one. Is it like Jersey or something like that? Jersey is incorrect, but it's a close guess. Lehigh University is in Pennsylvania. Ah, uh, I don't so know why I didn't know. That. Right there, it's right there. But I mean, I not a lot of it. not a lot of people come out of Lehigh. It's a you know mid major basketball school, and for football, they're Division One, but they're on the FCS, so nobody really watches them. Only reason I know about Lehigh is because CJ beat Duke in a in a tourney. Yeah, the way round. back when, way back when, I do remember that. Yep. Like it was yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> so we're one for three. So let's go to the fourth school. Fourth school we got is Brown University. Tell me where that's from. Boston. Boston. Is it? Uh, no, but close. <sighs> it is close. You're you're like right there with the pass. Two or three guesses. Brown University is in Rhode Island. Uh, so you're close. You're close. So this next school, so we're one for four. So we're going to the fifth hey, school. At least I'm now, this school you might recognize. This school is the home of former college basketball player Jack Taylor. And he's the one that scored 124 points in one game, I believe. I know and, who it is, but and uh, like the Jackrabbits. 
he I think that's I think that's correct. And so the school he went to is called Grinnell or Grinnell. I really don't know how you pronounce it. Um, Grinnell or Grinnell College. And all these, of course, are Absolutely. in the U.S. I, of course, of course. Um, I couldn't tell you on this one. I have no absolute guess. Like, you, you have a one in 50 chance. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do, 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 do. I know, right? Do, 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 do. Looks like Connecticut. Connecticut is incorrect. It's incorrect. Grinnell College, the home of Jack Taylor, is in Iowa. Is in Iowa, so it's a little bit west of the East Coast that we've been so used to in these first four guesses. So, but that's okay. We're one for five. You still have another chance to get two for six and become the new champion of the school game. So last but not least, last but not least, we have the last school on this list, and it is Dartmouth University. Can you tell me where that is from? I should know these things. Dartmouth, I believe their basketball team went to the tournament in the last, I want to say, five years. They're probably in a playing game. They're probably a 16th seed, something like that, but... They are fairly known. Actually, the tight end for the Cleveland Browns went here, actually. Not Njoku, but the backup. I was thinking about Njoku. <laughs> yeah, no, that's no, what the I was back, thinking the about. Backup, the backup tight end. I have no godly idea. You want to give a 1 in 50 guess, or do you just want to? Nah, I'm going to give a 1 in 50 guess. Very low percentage, but not impossible. If anyone knows a percentage of 1 in 50, let me know, because I can't do quick math. New York. Ah, you got the new right, but the York is wrong. New Hampshire. Sure. New Hampshire. So it's okay. You're tied for first place with former contestant CJ Cox. So, well, one, good job, CJ. Me and you, we time for number one, boy. My boy. You're, y'all set a really high bar for one for super six. high. You know, really high bar, but it's okay. It's It's better than zero. For six, which somebody else also got. So at least you got one. All right. So that's it for the school game. Thanks for playing. So now we're going to get into the meat of the episode. We're going to talk about the good old Philadelphia Eagles. So we're going to talk about the end of the last season. They had that miracle, if you want to call it a miracle run, got to the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts, you know, he's doing a thing. He's leading charge. You got Miles Sanders. You got AJ Brown. You got that studded defense. And so you, you you visit or you meet the Chiefs in a Super Bowl and unfortunately drop the ball. And, you know, you could make a couple arguments of what went wrong in that game. You can make the argument about James Bradbury on the hold on Juju in that game. You can make the argument of Jalen Hurts in the fumble in the second quarter in that game. In your opinion, where do you think that what do you think was at fault in that in that Super Bowl loss? Uh, personally, I think it's the Bradbury hold. Uh it has to be Jalen's fumble was too early in the game to say it was that big of a game changer. Um, with Bradbury's hold being in the final minutes of the game, one of the last few drives, uh, and for him to hold Juju, for them to go on to score, it, it, it and they win the game off that. So I we, I really couldn't say anything else caused us to lose the game, but that the defense played kind of poor. In the in the last couple minutes of the uh, of the second half, as far as leading into the third, as far as them scoring almost on every drive they had, um, 
it's like we were number number one, number two defense all year, and then to come to the big game and to do good in the first half, but then just really fall stagnant in the second, and then get the really big penalty at the end of the game. Because like that's that's really what caused us to lose. Because without that, you you never know how the game goes. All right. And after the game, they interviewed James Bradbury and asked him about the holes. And he admitted, he said, yeah, I held. I was hoping they wouldn't call it. You're, you play football in high school. And if, if you have a situation like that and you're in a game and your teammate goes to the locker room and he's telling people, yeah, like I did it, but I was just hoping they wouldn't see it. What's your reaction as a teammate hearing your teammate like admit to that fault in the biggest game on, uh, on earth? Well, Seeing how late in the game it was, I would also think about that is reps shouldn't have called it one, but as, as being a teammate and him admitting to it and stuff like that, I would have really don't know how I would have felt. I would have been, I would really just been like heartbroken, kind of like the biggest game. You never know when you'll make it back. You never know if you'll be a part of the team next year. And so with that, uh, shoot, man, big games, bro. Yeah. Big is. games don't come, yeah. It's- it's tough. And, you know, me personally, as if I'm James Bradbury's teammate and I hear him in the locker room talking about, yeah, like I held him and I just hoping that they wouldn't have called it. I'm livid if you ask me because it's OK yeah. that you you made this mistake and, you know, we could pin this all on you. But as a teammate, initially, I'm not going to I'm, not, I'm just going to say, hey, you know, it's OK. It happens, you know, we're just going to bounce back. But when if I hear him say that in the locker room, then it's like, okay, I, I don't really have respect for you right now because you can't yeah. you can't just go in and admit, you know, for all the world to hear and say that, yeah, I did it. Yeah. You know, it just it, just, it would have rubbed me the wrong way as a team. I wouldn't I wouldn't have talked about it afterwards, you know. Maybe yeah. it would have held, it would have been, it would have been different if he wouldn't have been out there just like talking about it. Like, yeah, I held him. Like, didn't think I would have said it. If it was me, I wouldn't have said anything. Yeah, exactly. Like, yep. Charges hit a game. I, I, I charged to the game. I messed up, but I wouldn't be out here saying, oh, yeah, I did it. I did it. Nah. Yeah. You catch me talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned Eagles having the, you know, a top defense in the NFL. And then you get to the Super Bowl and, you know, you just kind of drop the ball, you know, allow 38 points in the biggest game. And uh, did, did you find it really concerning at all that, you know, you go into this game and, Everybody's looking at your 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 front seven and really your whole defense as a whole. And, you know, you don't get a single sack during that game. I believe the Chiefs had one. And then but you have so much firepower on defense, you don't get a sack. And then the defensive coordinator ends up going to get a head coaching job in Arizona. You're looking back on this game and you're you're kind of looking at what you have on defense and the the lack of production per se that you you have in the biggest game. Like what's your reaction to that? Fletch is old. Brandon is getting old. And our defense during the Super Bowl, I felt like they were gassed. I felt like it was a long season. Uh, we didn't play the same caliber of teams as the Chiefs. You know, we, we played great teams, but we didn't get to play the Chiefs. You know, uh, mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes, Jason Kelsey, well, Travis Kelsey, Juju, their whole offensive line, <clears throat> they're just as good as our team. So, when you finally get to go up against somebody that's the same as you, you know, it's going to be the same. Like, this, like they had one, we had none. Uh, both quarterbacks did a phenomenal job. They were very well protected. So I feel like the defense, they finally – I feel like we – I could say we met our match, um, but I feel like we also did a great job as well. Um, but just like towards the end of the game, 
we just I guess we kind of fatigue and long season and just bad game planning at the end. It's what cost us really lost by three. We should have at least got the overtime. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, it was definitely a tough end of the season after all the work that you know they put in to get there and you know all the good things that they did. And so with that being said, like kind of taking us into postseason, you know, you got free agency and when free agency rolled around, you saw a lot of changes on that Philadelphia Eagles team. You lost a lot of players to free agency. People, you know, were either released or they signed with new teams of free agency. Some of the names that, you know, come to mind when you talk about players from the Eagles who signed with new teams, Chauncey Garner-Johnson being a big one, Miles Sanders, TJ Edwards, the running back, Marcus Epps, the safety, Kaiser White, the linebacker, and Javon Hargrave, who went to San Francisco. And when you look at these free agent losses, it to me, initially, when I see that, I'm like, well, Philly might be rebuilding. They, yes, they just did get to the Super Bowl, but they just lost a lot of firepower, so they might be rebuilding. And then you look at the signings, and you look at you know Terrell Edmonds, the safety. You look at Justin Evans, the safety. Nicholas Morrow, Greedy Williams, the corner, Rashad Penny, uh, running back, just being a few of the signings that they had. So when you look at, let's talk about the losses first. When you look at the players that were lost in free agency, you know, does your mind kind of get to a worrying point where you're like, well, you know, yes, we just did the Super Bowl, but we also just lost a lot of people. What's your mind on? What's your uh, mindset on that? So as far as TJ Edwards, I wasn't really concerned about losing him. Um, uh, Hargrave didn't really, didn't really. I knew we were going after Jalen in the draft. And I knew if I knew we were originally going after Nolan and for us to get both of them, I'm ecstatic. Uh, as far as CJ, CDJ leaving, um, we got TJ that came in. And then we also got Keely Ringo, which is my favorite pickup in the draft as well from Georgia. Got basically the entire Georgia defense, cha- two time champions. I love that. Yeah. Um, but the thing that, that hurt us the most was, was Booby leaving, was Miles Sanders leaving. Um, first thousand yard rusher since LaShawn McCoy. Uh, I don't think that we will have another thousand yard rusher anytime soon, actually. Um, so I like Swift. I don't really have any feelings for Penny because I don't really get to, I don't really watch Seattle games as much as I should. Mm-hmm. But Swift, I have, I like him, but I don't think, I think, I think Swift will have about 750, maybe eight. Uh, I think Penny will probably have around the 600 mark. Both of them have, probably have like eight, eight, five, six, seven touchdowns apiece, no more than that. So I don't think the running game will primarily consist on them. I think Jalen will take the the load of that. Um, but yeah, so the, my favorite is I like Keeley and I like uh, I like Tremaine at safety. And another thing I like uh, Nicobe Dean coming out the bench at linebacker. Uh, I'm really excited about that. I've been waiting to see him play, so I'm just extremely happy about that. So we got we got uh, Jordan, we got Jalen, we got we got Nolan, we got Kobe, and we got Keeley. So I feel like our defense, we got the chemistry, and we all know these boys can ball. So I feel like everything stacked back up from what we lost, we gained right back. We got two for one for for Miles. We got a safety for CDJ, and then we picked up another corner in the draft. We lost Cam. We, well, we, we lost Javon Hargrave, so we picked up two defensive linemen. So I was I had no problems with it at all. Yeah. Uh, so they did make a lot of noise in the draft, and also a lot of noise in you know free agency. And you know when I when I think about you know 
Philly and when I look at Philly and when they talk about their their losses and free agency, um, Miles Sanders being the biggest one. But I've also said at the same time that running back is probably the most disposable position in the NFL. Exactly. Uh, just just the way that the game's going, it used to be you know eye formation or uh you know single back and you just kind of hand the ball up between the tackles and just you'd have a workhorse back there who's guaranteed to get you at least a thousand yards because they're touching the ball three hundred and fifty times a year. But now you're looking at shotgun, you're looking at options. You got Jalen Hurts back there who can pull the down pull the ball down and run. You got the whole uh tush push thing that Philly does and. Uh, ninety-two percent conversion rate is still legal. Uh, still legal. Unfortunately, if you ask me, um, I just think it's you know unstoppable. But with with it being still legal, I, I'm pretty sure some more teams are going to adopt yeah, that in no their doubt. system. Definitely the Ravens. I'm pretty sure the Ravens will put that in their package immediately. Well, I mean, maybe Lamar Jackson ain't built like Jalen Hurts though. He ain't built like that. But on a one yard line, if you got a good line, anybody can get in there. That's true. That's true. Um, but you know, it it's it's crazy that, you know, TJ Edwards left and Javon Hargrave left and they're replaced by, you know, essentially players who are almost just as good in Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you mentioned the players that you got in the draft, and we'll get there in a second. Um, but when you look at bef- before the draft, you know, you look at the players that were signed. So you lost Chauncey Garner Johnson. Uh, Buda Baker requested a trade. So there were some rumors about Buda Baker getting traded to the Eagles to replace him. But then you ended up signing Terrell Evans and, and Justin Evans. And then you got Greedy Williams in another corner that will probably play on the other side of Darius Slay. And that was a story in itself, too, that he almost left Philly. So when you look at Terrell Evans. I, almost, I was. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, no, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, I- Go ahead. What were you saying? When Slay, when that that whole thing that was going on with Slay, man, I was like, there's no way. There's no way we're keeping Bradbury and letting Slay go. I was, I was, I was distraught for a few. You know, you know, we talked about it. I was hurt. Yeah, yeah, because that would have been a big hit to your secondary exactly. to lose to lose Slay and CJ. Uh, thankfully, you got him resigned. Got him in a happy place. You know, sign Greedy Williams and Rashad Penny. So out of these signings, and there was more signings, I'm sure, but you know, there was, you know, free agency goes. There's a lot of people that you don't really quote unquote care for, or that's not going to make headlines. So of these five names that is mentioned, what do you think is not only your favorite signing, but do you think is going to be the most pivotal signing, the the biggest signing that's going to make the biggest difference for your team? Well, I know it's going to be Terrell. Uh, coming from coming from the from the Steelers, and he might not have had any notes. He also had two sacks, which is more than CJ had last year. <laughs> so I feel like with him back there, it's essentially going to be the same. I feel like we're not losing any any firepower back there with him. So I feel like that's going to be the biggest difference of any free agent that we picked up because uh, I don't think anybody's going to make as much noise as him. Uh, to be honest, like I said, the two running backs we picked up. I don't think they're going to be more than six, seven hundred yard rushers on this season, just because Jalen's going to have so much of that load running the ball. Hopefully, we have Jalen not running it so much, but we'll see. Um, so yeah, out of everybody, um, I don't think I don't think Nick Morrow is going to do too much because we're so deep at linebacker. Yeah. So that's really it. Mariota, 
I never really been a fan of Mariota to be honest. Well, when he was at Oregon, I was, but that's that's really it. Um, I really like Tanner as our backup more than I like Jalen. Um, well, not Jalen. I'm sorry. More than I like Marcus. Um, yeah, I like yeah. I like him, but we'll see. Marcus hasn't really lived up to his. He hasn't really lived up to his name. He had a good season um, with with Tennessee. Yeah, but that's that's really it. So I think I think Terrell would be the best. Terrell Edmonds would be the best because he has that like Terrell Edmonds. He has to like he came from the Steelers. You come from you come from pedigree, so I feel like he can bring the bet the most to our team as far as continuing to bring the culture and will live up to the culture that we have on defense and that we built. Basically, he'll fit right in. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that's a really good system for for uh, both of those players. Um, for the both of the safeties, I should say, Evans and and Evans. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, and they just added even more firepower in the draft. So you mentioned a couple of players earlier, the additions of Jalen Carter, and Nolan Smith. Um, and then so you look at they had the number ten pick, and then they traded up to nine to get Jalen Carter. They traded up with Chicago, which. I said in a previous episode, Chicago is probably the goofiest team in the draft because you got the number one Always. overall player there at nine and you trade back and let Philly get him. And, you know, me being a Giants fan, I'm looking at Philly doing all these things in a draft. I'm like, Philly's going to run the NFC East for a long time because they just keep getting the best players. And and granted, you know, it's a bunch of players from Georgia. and But Georgia always has the best team in college, so. Uh, so you look at Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, they're, those are your two first-round picks. And then you look at, you got an offensive tackle in the third round, Tyler Steen um, from Alabama. And then you get Sidney Brown, who I think is a very underrated safety from Illinois. And I think he's going to add some really good uh, protection back there on the, in that secondary. And then the best value pick of anybody's draft in the fourth round, you get anybody's draft anybody's draft i mean it's crazy i did keely ringo in the in a lot of mock drafts was a first round pick was a top 30 40 consensus overall pick and he fell to the fourth round to pick 105 to philly and it's just crazy to me how that happened uh but philly they just had a really good draft and then in the sixth round you get tanner mckee in the seventh round you get a really good d tackle out of texas moro ojomo so if you Rank this draft on a scale of if you put get the letter grade, I think obviously it's eight plus. Um, yeah. and then so all you got all these guys for probably the next four years. Yeah, you, they play out the rookie contracts. You might have some player options on the fifth year. So when you look at this draft class and you look at what Philly already had and what they did in free agency and who they drafted, you know, they went 14 and two, I believe, this past year. So when you look at the next, let's say the next four years, do you expect Philly to finish first place in the NFC East for the next four years? Yes, only because I see no competition from Washington. Uh, at all. Dallas still has whack Prescott. Uh, so I 14 can't. interceptions. I, I just can't. You play, you play half the season and lead the league in interceptions, and it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. And you played the second half of the season and led in interceptions. Yeah. It's crazy. And then I'm I'm sorry, but you guys, you guys got Daniel Jones, but I don't think he's as good as you guys think he is. Well, I think, I, the, I think 
I'll those legs are going to give out pretty soon. <laughs> I'll be the first person to tell you I'm not the biggest fan of Daniel Jones. And oh. I think that his contract of $140 million was, you know, kind of an utter waste of money. You guys are running this six foot six dude like he's supposed to run the ball. Yeah. It's, and then you got Saquon, who, uh, is not going to sign his franchise tag, and he's thinking nope. about sitting out of OTAs and training camp, waiting on a new contract. But I don't think it's gonna he's going to get one, so I think he's going to be forced to sign the tender. But you know, kind of just like I said earlier, running back is a disposable position, so you can't expect a lot of money at the running back position because you know, especially him coming off of injuries. But anyway, that's for another another topic for another time. We're talking about the Eagles, uh, but. So yeah, and I'm I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay, yes, the Eagles are probably going to finish finish first in the conference for the you know next few years. The only team that's going to give them any trouble, even close, is the Giants, and they blew the Giants out twice last year. So I don't know. My it's boy tough. Boston, say my boy Boston, he's going to score every time. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. And Miles Sanders was virtually untouchable. Um, the so last time they played the Giants. Go, man. I know, I know, but he's with the hometown team, the Carolina Panthers, so I, I wish him nothing but the best there. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and so we look at this draft class, and it's like y'all got the number one D-tackle, the number one edge, the number, say, two corner in the fourth, and then maybe the number four. Three. I say three. You say three? Yeah. Who, who, who would you rate? I got Gonzalez, and I can't remember the other guy's name that went before what uh, uh, Witherspoon, Devin Witherspoon. Yeah, uh, I definitely that, got Gonzalez as number one. I, I I really thought I really thought we were going to pick up Gonzalez to be honest. If he was available when we could, but he wasn't available. Uh, I think he's going to do good with the Patriots. So I think that's a solid pickup for any team. Yeah. So, and this draft class was absolutely absurd. Uh, absolutely absurd. And you know, I'm I'm excited. Which is odd to say as a Giants fan, but I'm actually am genuinely excited to see what the Eagles do this upcoming year with, you know, the talent they got in the draft, the talent they got in free agency, and what the and you know they lost defensive coordinator to uh, Arizona, who's he's not the head coach in Arizona, so I'm excited to see what they do next year and excited to see how the team comes together in, in the years to come. We lost our offensive coordinator to the Colts. He's the coach coach now too. So yeah, true. We, true, totally, true. we totally rebuilt. Totally rebuilding our offense. Uh, so, only thing I feel like in the next couple of years, I feel like we can get at least one Super Bowl. But the biggest concern I have is uh, number three and a solid – well, two solid receivers, like three and four, that can give A.J. and Vontae a break. They have so many targets and so many catches. Both of them had at least 80, 90 last year. Mm-hmm. So, it's, it's, it's a lot on them. Um, and if we can get a solid, solid third – I like Quez, but Quez is Quez caused us in the Super Bowl too. Um, Quez had too many bad plays last year, too many drop passes. Um, I think he's good, but I don't think that he's good enough to be an Eagle right now. Um, I felt like we could have picked up somebody. We had McCole out there, we had Thielen out there. He could be a solid three because Thielen's getting old. He could be definitely be a slant receiver and running some quick slants and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but. I feel like the next few years, if we, keep, if we get another running back and a solid solid three at receiver, uh, we'll be all right because the way the way everybody – got all these rookies, everybody's contracts, the way they're set up, our salary cap is good enough to where we can get somebody in free agency. So, yeah, we'll yeah. see. We'll see how the season goes. 
you know, the trade deadline isn't until week seven. So we'll see how everything goes, man. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what kind of noise they make. Uh, So la- last thing, kind of stepping away from Eagles, the NBA Finals. You got Denver and you got Miami. They're, the game's going on right now. I keep peeking over to see what's going on. Do you think Denver is winning tonight? Do you think Denver's taking the championship home tonight? I think Denver is not winning tonight. I think I got Miami tonight. I don't even know what the score is. Don't tell me the score. I'm gonna go in the. I'm gonna go watch the game right after this. So I can't. We'll I can't even see the score from here. Uh, I just see a bunch of dudes running around. <laughs> I'm at a bad angle for the TV, but I got. I got Denver in five. I said that from jump. And if they win it tonight, it'll be Denver in five. And I don't. And Denver's at home too, so I don't think Miami's really gonna stand a chance. Yeah, I think they wanted. I think they lost the last game on purpose. What a game before last on purpose. Yeah, they just wanted to win it at home. You know how that goes. A strategy. So, but Nick, thank you for taking the time to join me on today's podcast. Talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. Talk about the past, present, and future. And I'm excited to see what they do next year. And I hope that, you know, they can get back to another playoff. And hopefully the Giants can uh, you know, contend with them next year. I don't I'm not I'm not it's two more L's. I'm not too hopeful, but you know, we'll see. All right. Appreciate you having me on, man. We can do it anytime, man. Of course, of course. I appreciate you. So until next time, thank you all for tuning in. And I know it's been a long time since I got an episode out, but we're back on the road. I'm in the process of moving and doing all these things, so bear with me. But thank you again. Until next time. Top of the morning, top of the morning, top of the morning, top of the morning, top of the morning. Hold up.